God is doing, so that, that's really cool. Very, very cool. And yes, I'm scanning the crowd for our next group of volunteers. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, I got it. I got to watch the real eager ones, kind of like, ooh, what's going on here now, huh? Okay, so we got the, the message of Malachi 4.6, so we kind of got that in us, and we understand that, right? So now we're going to talk about the power of a plan, and I'm mindful of time. We're not going to keep you after the time that we had set up, so uh, 11.30, 11.35, we're done, okay? <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's midnight, my body time right now, okay? I'm from the East Coast, okay, yeah. Just kidding, we'll, we'll be on time. All right, so <clears throat> we're going to talk about the power of a plan. And so I'm submitting to you an idea. There is power in a plan. Now, you either accept that or you reject that. If you accept it, then we can do all kinds of cool things. If you reject it, then you're in trouble because you're just kind of floating around there and you're not sure which way you're going to go. There's power in a plan. If there's power in a plan, what is, if there, what is it if there is no plan? Oh, yeah, no power. As a parent, as a grandparent, as a foster parent, as anybody that's looking after the next generation, if you don't have a specific plan on what are you going to do to help them transition into adulthood and beyond, you're spitballing. That doesn't work. That sink or swim stuff, no thank you. We want to be very deliberate. We want to have a plan. I'm going to show you the, the parts of the plan the parts of the plan. Um, <clears throat> Old Webster says that a plan is, is a model, right, a model of something. He says it's to devise a diagram for doing, to make, to arrange. It's to have in mind a purpose. Isn't that interesting? So do you have a purpose in mind for every one of your children? Do you have a purpose in mind? Not a vision, not like, yeah, they're going to do great things, but do you have a purpose? Do you have goals set aside for each one of these young ones? If you don't, you're kind of spitballing it. And even when they're this young right here, do you have a plan? Do you have goals? What is it that you want to see? So what I'm suggesting is we've all got to have plans for all of the young ones. Now, when single parents start bringing their young ones to church, now you have to work together to create plans to help them as well. All right? Now, what's cool is the plan is based on principle. When you understand the principle of what you're after, one plan uh, can be modified to fit any young person, right? But you've got to have a plan. In my corporate work, I do an exercise called Close Encounters of the First Kind. What I do is I work with executives. I'll bring them together, and I'll say, okay, before we start teaching leadership or teamwork or communication, eh, we're going to get to know each other a little bit. So I want everybody in the room to stand up, go find somebody you know the least, and ask them a series of questions that are not work-related, okay? And when you do that, it's really funny because it's like a junior high dance. <laughs> Boys on one side, girls on the other, nobody's moving, right? But eventually it's like, oh, come on, it's okay, Mr. Executive, you can talk to those people, it's okay. So they get together, they start talking about these non-work-related things. One question I have them answer is, what is the high point of your life? So if I asked you in here, what's the high point of your life? I wonder how many of you it would be something related to children. Can I see a show of hands? Okay, look at all the hands. This is what we get in these corporate um, sessions. And they say it glowingly. Well, by golly, it's when my children were born. Oh, really? 
It was. Yeah, I got a picture out here. Okay, good. Thank you for sharing that. The second question that I asked them is, are you still living your life as if that was the high point? It gets really quiet. Because you know what? They're not. So if it was the high point of your life when this little one was born, as they grow to this size and beyond, what changes? What changes? We're in a society where the high point of my life is my new car. Vroom, vroom. Oh, dude, check me out. Man, my new car, man. My new truck up here, right? My new truck. I got big knobby tires. Well, after you've hit the fifth moose, and it's all muddy and dented in, and the hood's crushed in, and the thing's cracked, <clears throat> all of a sudden, dude, I got to get a new ride. I need a new moose-proof truck, right? It's how we are. This is my favorite shirt, man. I got a stain on it. Yeah, I got to get me a new shirt, right? It's how we live our lives. I get something, I'm excited about it, and then I get excited about something over here. This is really cool. This is, wait a minute, stop. The high point of your life. The guy goes, it's when my kid was born. And then I go, are you living that way today? And he says, no. What happened? We're not talking about a truck or a shirt. We're talking about a human being that God has given you. You have co cooperated with God to bring a new life into this world. Yeah, high point. Absolutely. Where did it go? How did we get distracted? How did that change? How did we go from high point to, oh my gosh, will these kids end? What happened? Noise? Mess? Crayons on the wall? What happened? What caused us to go from nothing better to, oh my gosh, right? Now I understand they're a handful. Kathy and I raised four. After two, your prayer life changes dramatically. Have you noticed that? Because when you got one, well, you take them for a while. Okay, now you take them. You get two. Okay, I got this one. You got that one. Three come along. What you going to do? Because they just start in three directions. I can't. Oh, you, no, I get what you. I thought you. Right? You guys ever do that? It's crazy. You just intercede. Oh, God, watch them. Cast thy net. Stop them. So we ended up with four. We pray all the time. Hasn't affected us much at all. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, listen, you've got to, when you make your plan, you have to determine this. You're going to raise your children either intentionally or unintentionally. You're going to raise them by strategy or chance. You're going to raise your children by design or default. What you want? I want design. I want strategy. I don't want chance. That's what I want. That's what I want. Here's your challenge. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which were created for us in advance. Okay? That scripture applies to you. Everybody hearing my voice. You were prepared for good works in advance. You're created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for you in advance. You were. 
you have to find enough time to pursue your calling, which is more than just being a parent or grandparent or foster parent, and still raise the next generation. You have to do that. And if you don't, you're going to miss part of what you're called to be on this earth for. Okay? Here's some basics. If you want to be a planner, I know it's late, but I want you to focus on this because I'm getting into the, the meat here. You have to decide, what do I want to achieve? So for every one of these young people, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm trying to achieve here? What is it I'm trying to achieve? Okay? What do I need to do in order for my plan to succeed, and what are the steps involved here? Because without that, we're parenting by default. And here's the real kick in the rear. If you parent by default, you automatically begin parenting negatively. Here's why. Because if you're not sure what you're really looking for, then when good things are happening, our response is nothing. Right? They're not breaking anything. Right? The cat's not drying in the microwave. I mean, everything's okay. <laughs> right? And so we just, why say anything? There's nothing to say. Everything's okay. So when do we speak up? When something goes wrong. Can you relate? And all of a sudden, every time we say something, it's when something's going wrong. Don't do that. Stop. Quit it. Let it up. Let it up. Right? We're going to change that. We're going to turn that all around. By knowing what we want to achieve, we start catching them doing things right. And we speak to what's right, and we don't have to worry so much about what's wrong. You see the difference? It's 180 degrees difference. It's a wonderful way to go. It's the right way to do this. Okay? Now, um, this starts in your house. I can't tell you how many people... I've, I've just had to grab these guys and just shake them in love <laughs> who tell me, I feel like the Lord has called me to go and minister and reach the children. They always do that. I don't know what that means. Out there. I'm going out there. Where's out there? You know, just out there. Out there is not right here. Oh, so you're going out there. Yes, not right here. No, not right here. Okay, good. Right here is your house, dude. Right here is your kids your grandkids, and it's a lot easier to go, I'm going out here to the far reaches of the earth because they don't annoy me. But these kids right here, they're annoying me. And so as long as I can think about out there, I don't have to worry about being annoyed right here. And wrong answer. It starts here. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, eh? We start here. We start at our house. And those of you that are called to go out there, you'll have time after these little ones are up. I talked to a guy, I won't tell you his name, pretty well-known minister, who was so proud that he sent all of his kids off to boarding school when they were very young so he could go out there. He was boasting. I see you're an idiot. I said it nicely. That's hard to say nice. I tried. I said, look, yeah, you're racking up the points over here, Bubba. People coming to Christ, way to go. You're losing your family. What's wrong with you? There's time. There's time. Let somebody else that doesn't have little kids go over there. 
it was a short conversation. <laughs> but start at home, then your extended family. I'm the father to my nephew, okay? His dad let him down, abused him, took off, my sister's son. And I've been his dad since he was little, right? He's my extended family. And I could spend all my time going, I want to go knock his father out. And I have thought of that many days. But the reality is that wouldn't do one good thing for this young man whose name is Sean. So I spend my time loving on him, celebrating birthdays with my other kids, etc. Okay? Anybody got extended family that needs you? Yeah? Go get them. Then we go to the fatherless ones in our community. We don't need to bypass a thousand young people to go somewhere else. They're right here. Pastor True? They're right here. So let's put a plan together to reach out to our community and you all have to build again because this place is going to go boom. Okay? And little lives are going to change. It's pretty awesome. So that's how we do it. Now, the vision, this plan starts with a vision and the vision has got to be biblically based. Biblically based. Okay. Man is made in whose image? Okay, man is made in God's image. And remember, man is male and female. So this is both male and female. Everybody got that? It's not the male's, it's male and female. So man is made in God's image. Everybody can receive that for themselves, right? I'm made in God's image. Cool, you are. Whose image are your children made in? God's. Do you ever try to force them into your image? Bad question, huh? I can go, I am made in God's image. God is six foot four and a little overweight with a mustache. Yes, amen. No, that's wrong. Spiritually, I'm made in God's image. And then I raise my four kids and I go, hey, you got to act like I do. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just a steward of those young people. There are certain things I want them to do but if I try to force them just to be like me, I have bypassed God's potential plan for their life. So be careful. Be careful. Oldest son, Christopher, basketball player, superstar. Won a national championship at a, at, at a university level, D2. Okay? Was doing this from the time he was about four. I was his coach. I coached him all through middle school, turned him over to another coach. National championship, Disney moment, eh, horn goes off, I'm hugging him, he's 6'6", six, six. I hug him like this, right? Hug my wife like this, she's 5'6", Chris like this, okay? And so, crying, awesome. Number two son, dribbles ball like this. It's ugly, okay? He's not a basketball player, okay? Good athlete, but not a basketball player. I played college basketball. I want all my kids to be made in my image. Just being honest, right? Hey, Steve, you want to play some basketball? Nope. Ooh. Ooh. What do I do? I caught the revelation. Don't try to make him in my image. One day I said, what do you really like, son? He said, music. Man, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Music. Like an instrument? Yeah. I'm thinking flute, you know, little something, something, you know, ukulele. I said, what instrument you like? Drums. <laughs> Had to be God. I bought him a drum set, a little cheapo drum set. Right? 
and I brought it in my house. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, the far corner of the house. Go, kid, go. Bang, 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 bang. And he started off, and it was ugly, man. It was just ugly. You know, it was ugly. It was just noise. Might, might as well as giving him pots, right? And pretty soon, he started. This kid is incredible. And then that music released a gift in him, and he can stand there discussing with you by a keyboard, doing this melody that will make you cry. And I'll go, dude, what, what, what is that? He goes, what, what is what? It's just flowing out of him. Isn't that awesome? See, it released something in him. And I could have had him dribbling a basketball like this, and he would have failed. But I bought him a stupid drum set, and all of a sudden music was released in him. So what are in your kids right now? What, what, is, what is God doing in them? See, it doesn't matter what you want. If you're really doing it right, you simply say, Father, what do you want for them? And then talk to them. And go, dude, what just gets your heart racing? And as long as it's safe and it's moral, etc., run with it. Okay? I'm going to give you one more thought on this. Here's a classic example of why we've got to do this God's way. All right, you've got to help me over here. I've got to go to this side of the room over here because you guys are really sharp. Complete this for me. Big boys don't. Oh, that was weak. Big boys don't. Excellent. Don't go away. You guys over here. Shortest verse in the Bible. Nice and loud. Jesus wept. Wait, wait, wait. I, hold on. I'm confused. Anybody else confused? <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Everybody's got their little band on. What would Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you what he would do under certain circumstances. He would weep. He would weep. And we as men, now my man card has been punched numerous times. Lumberjack, bar bouncer, semi-pro football, right? Okay? I've done that. So, so you, don't, you can't take my man card away. But here's what I taught my sons. If you're physically hurt, you skin your knee, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay? Hush. If you're a little disappointed because you didn't get Mickey ears or whatever, I don't want to hear it. But if your heart hurts, I expect you to weep. Now here's my big strapping boys. And when we come together, we really love each other. And when it's time to leave, we cry. We're big boys. So that's a lie. Because big boys cry at appropriate times. And what the world has tried to say is, men, you have to live in this tiny slice of masculinity. Rambo, tough. Punch you in the head, shoot stuff, drag it home, right? That should be part of who we are as men. You better be tough because this is a rough world. 
And if you like to go hunt and fish and run around and sweat, good. That's part of being a man over here. There's a whole other slice over here that says you better be tender enough. You better be tough enough to be tender. You better be man enough to love your wife and love your kids. And when your heart hurts, you better shed a tear. And you better not tell your kids they can't do that. Because otherwise, you're pushing them into a thin slice of what manhood is, and a lot of guys are blowing up. Men are blowing up because we're not allowing them to be all that God made them to be. Okay? I don't lose any of my toughness because I shed a tear when my heart hurts when I leave my family. I shed tears when I left little Bella two days ago, three days ago. It hurt my heart. I love that little kid. Okay? I didn't lose my man card. So guys, don't worry about it. But stop living in this little tiny slice of manhood. Live in the whole thing. You'll be amazed at what happens in your life. All right. So here's these three tools for mentoring. Lifelong mentoring. This is the part of the plan. Lifelong mentoring. The second part is intentional blessing. And then a rite of passage. These are three things that every one of you can do with the next generation in your life, even when they're confused. That was good, son. I like that guy. Lifelong mentoring. How long? It's lifelong. It's lifelong. Intentional blessing. The way we do that is our affirming, encouraging words, appropriate touch, and prayer. And when we come back, I'll share with you all that that means. It's, these are detailed teachings, but I just want you to get the feel of this thing, okay? And then the rite of passage. And when you combine these three things, you have done everything that I know to do to raise a child and to help him or her transition into adulthood and go on and be successful. These are the three parts of your plan, okay? So lifelong mentoring is where we decide life lessons, character qualities, and experiences that we want our young ones to have. And this is the perfect age right here, by the way. You're like, oh, I mean, you didn't even understand what we're talking about. But you guys do. Life lessons, character qualities, and experiences. Kathy and I literally wrote these things down, and we made sure it happened for our kids, even when they were little. Intentional blessing is where I use my words not to curse my kids, not to tell them they're stupid, they'll never amount to anything, which some of us heard growing up. But I say, God's got an incredible plan for you. I love you. You're doing great things. I appreciate you, man. And this builds a young person. It builds them. It builds them. It builds them. It protects them in a very powerful way. I liken it like this. There's some beautiful wood here. You see the wood around this place, and it's got a nice grain and a unique grain to it, right? What would happen if you took a beautiful piece of wood with the God-created grain and you set it out in the Alaskan uh, weather for a year? What would happen? Unprotected. What happens to it? Huh? It's a mess. It warps. It deteriorates. Bugs get into it. Uh, ice gets on it. The sun bakes the color out of it. And it just, it just gets twisted, right? What happens if we take the same piece of wood and we cover it with a thin coat of clear varnish. What happens to it? Then set it out there. No, no, not one coat, two coats. Wait, ten coats. Twelve coats. Do I hear fifteen? Stop that. I'm watching you, boy. <laughs> set it out. Now what happens to it? 
Snow comes, so what? Sun comes, so what? It's protected. The grain is protected. Its beauty is protected. Here's the analogy. Here's the connection. Sons and daughters, these beautiful young ones here, are marvelous in what God has created. They are unique, and we have to protect them because the world out there will throw mud on them and grime on them and cause them to warp. It's wrong. But the words and the touch and the prayers of you is like that varnish on them. And you can protect them. Can we keep them in our, in our closets and keep them in our... No, because they're, they're to be released at some point. But you can protect them so when the bully down the block and when the kid that the enemy kind of puts it in their head, let me just destroy this young person's personality because I don't like how he looks and some of that nonsense. Your words and your touch and your prayers have protected that child. And the beauty that God put into them will be there as they move through life. It's powerful, man. You, you have no idea yet, but we're going to learn it together, the power you have in your words, your touch, and your prayer. It's really profound. So, okay, so you have these three things, <clears throat> and um, I need to show you how this works. Can I do that? Do a demonstration? You know what I'm going to need. Some volunteers. So, come on. Right here. She's got that look of terror. Come on. Eli, come here. Okay? I got enough. Easy, 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 easy. I got enough. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do the dishes. Kids, you want to volunteer? All the hands go down. What happened? All right, you guys wait right here. Wait, wait, wait right there. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just wait right there. You're good. You're good, good. Okay, I need some other volunteers. I need some trusted, manly men. Oh, there's a couple. Come here, you guys. Come on. Come here, brother. I love you, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I won't embarrass you guys. You, I'm going to embarrass, but it's okay. It's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. All right. You guys come right here. Come right here. Three guys is enough. Okay? Now, let me just tell you what we're doing. These are dear friends of mine. Right? I've known these guys for years. I trust them. I trust them. We've walked through things together. Got it? These are my trusted friends. All right. Well, over here, we've got something a little different going on. Um, we're going to start right here. This is my son. What's your name, son? Eli. We're very close. <laughs> okay. It's a demonstration. Give me a break. All right. This is my son, Eli. Now, my, Eli's mom and I, we've been working together with him. So we've laid out the plan. So here's the plan. So we're going to walk. Our timeline is here again, right? So just walk with me. You guys hang on right there. Eli, you know what? I am so proud of you. Mom and I are so proud of you, son. And, and it's just exciting to be your dad. All right? Now, watch out. There's some stuff up here. I don't want you to get injured. So we're going to steer around this stuff, okay? All right? Hey, good job, dude. Good job. God has an incredible plan for you. All right. Where's my hand? What's it doing? It is appropriately touching him. He's feeling the strength of a man. And young people need to feel the strength of a man. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? It's appropriate touch. And if I had time, I'd explain it to you, but Jesus demonstrated it's incredible what that touch does. What is he hearing me say as we're walking forward? What's he hearing? What is it? 
Positive things. I'm affirming him. I'm building him up. What happened back here by the danger spot? What did I do? I steered him around it, right? Lifelong mentoring. Intentional blessing with words, touch, and prayer. And now we're getting ready for him, him to do what? He's in his teen years now. What's it time for? The rite of passage. Gentlemen, this is my son Eli. You've heard me talk about him, and, and you've met these guys. I want you to lay hands on him. We're going to have a ceremony, last a couple hours, and just bless him and call him into manhood, okay? So just come around and put your hands on him, all right? Don't be scared. It's okay. So now this rite of passage takes place. It takes a couple of hours. I walk the boy. I hand him to these men. When he walks out the other side at the end of this, he's a man. He's not mature yet, but we will receive him as a man, and we will treat him as a man. All right? You got it? So we've had our ceremony. Now we release him. So guys, let him walk through, and he's going to move on by himself. Just go over there, and don't go too far. Stay right there. So I've had to release him, my beloved son, because now he's in his late teens, early 20s, right? I've got to release him. I, I can't just hold him. I have to release him, Okay? And he's had his rite of passage, and I continue to go, dude, I love you. You're going to be awesome. You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. You're... Blessing, mentoring, it continues. All right. So now I come back here, and I go, hey, what's your name, son? Kelby. Kelby. That's awesome. Come with me. This is my second son. He's my beloved son. It's Kelby. Dude, you are awesome. I talked to you earlier, and everything you were telling me about math is just so impressive. You have a mind that God is going to use in mighty ways. Be careful around this stuff, okay? We're going to get around this. Good, because when I was younger, I tripped over that. I don't ever want to do that. He's growing, he's growing, he's growing. Gentlemen, my second son, we're going to have this rite of passage. Everybody gets it? They're going to bless him. They're going to affirm his identity. They're going to say, from this day forward, we receive you as a man. And they're going to release him then, and he moves on to his own life. And I continue to speak blessings and call him into just the awesomeness of God, all right? So now, men, thank you. I'm all set with you, so you guys can step back down. Give them a quick hand, these volunteers, okay? Now, I got this daughter. My wife and I, something happened. She's not with me anymore, but we don't leave our daughters out of this. Daughters have rites of passage, too. Daughters need mentoring, too. Daughters need blessing, too. So... Thank you for volunteering. Come on up. Okay, uh-huh, excellent. And yes, and thank you. It's really funny because people start looking away. You know, it's like, oh, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, come on. Yeah, what are you laughing at? Come here. You guys hold on right there. Ladies, thank you for coming up here. Because now what has to happen is I am still her dad. And girls are just as important as boys. Absolutely. And if my daughter had born, been born first, my first book would have been Girl's Passage, Father's Duty. As it was, she was third in line. Okay? So don't anybody get it wrong. What is your name, honey? Charity. Charity. This is my beloved daughter, Charity. Come on, honey. We're going to walk this way. I am so proud of everything you've done. You were playing with your brothers and sisters over there. You were taking awesome care of them. Be careful right through here, honey. This is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Stuff you've got to watch out for in life. Okay? She's feeling the touch of a man that loves her and wants nothing from her. So a touch from us men has got to be all about them, never about us, right? She's hearing my words of blessing. Guess what? I can't lead her into womanhood, but guess who can? These sisters in the Lord. 
Would you bless her, please? Call her identity out. Lay hands on her. We have a rite of passage. Okay? Rite of passage takes a few hours. A girl walks in. Guess who walks out the other side? A woman of God. A woman of God. So we release her. We blessed her. And they're moving off into their life. Thank you, ladies. You may step down. I'll give them a quick hand. Those volunteers, those hands shoot up. It's just so powerful like that. Don't go away, you guys. And so what do I do? I go back, and I go, my kids are raised. But I got time. I got energy. I don't really care if I catch another fish. It doesn't matter. God will give me time to enjoy myself. But this is more important than anything else. So I come back, and I grab as many as I can, and all of a sudden, I'm just getting a little old. And there's nobody else left for me to take a cross. It's time for somebody else to do it. And then I, and then I kind of start my, my walk. And it gets a little lonely. Have you noticed some of you older guys and gals? You're like, they're gone. They're, they're gone. And so you just, you're walking through time yourself. And it's a little scary. It's a little scary. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And what happens is they'll help you through as you kind of head to your own rite of passage. The last one you get, and they'll come back and they'll get you. And you don't have to go alone. And that's how God set it up. Give these young ones a hand, please. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You're all set. That's how it works. That's what we have before us. So are we going to raise them by design? Or are we going to let it happen by default? I think we go with design. Amen? We go with design. So I'm going to leave you with this. I want you to think about your legacy. You know what legacy is? Legacy is what's left behind. What do you leave behind? Okay? And sometimes I hear people talk about the, uh, Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump, oh, man, all the money. This guy's awesome. He hot, smoking hot wives. You know, he kind of trades them in every now and then, new models and all this stuff. I look at a guy like that, I go, what a chump. I got no respect for that dude. What's his legacy? Trump Tower? Broken relationships? Not impressed. Legacy is what we leave behind. Here's what happens. In our life, if you're not careful, you build your legacy on what you do in alone. And I know a lot of guys that are just work hard, work hard, work hard, create, grab stuff, get more stuff, and that, they think that's their legacy. And on the last day, you can point it, well, look at all your stuff. Big deal. I conclude this. Your legacy is 50% of what you do in your life and 50% of your impact on others in the next generation. I've started things that I will not see the end of, but I got four natural kids and a whole bunch of spiritual kids that are grabbing it and running with it. My black son, Brian Pruitt, has now written books. He's launched a thing called Dad of the Year. People come from around the country to see his stuff. Beautiful, man. That's part of my legacy. I, I get that on my, on my marker, okay? 
So your legacy is not just what you did or didn't do. It's the impact you had on the next generation. So here's the question. And I want you to think about this tonight. How would you like to be remembered? Okay, just think about it. Right now, how would you like to be remembered? Right? Nobody wants to be remembered as, you know, a bad person or whatever. But how would you like to be remembered? That's question one. I got three questions for you. Question two. If tonight's your last night on earth, you're all done tonight. You're done tonight. How would you be remembered? How would you be remembered? Young people, you need to think about this too. How would you like to be remembered? That's this. That's how I want to be remembered. And if tonight was your last night on earth, how would you be remembered? And what we want is for an alignment. This is what I'd like. This is how it is. And often what I find is I want to be remembered like this, and this is how it would be. Because my actions are not lining up with what's in my heart. And on a regular basis, I have to make adjustments so that my words are kinder, so that my time is spent more wisely. Right? So you've got two questions so far. How do you want to be remembered? And if today was it, tonight's it, how would you be remembered? Question three, what do you need to do to line those two things up? What changes must you make so that how would you, you'd like to be remembered is actually how you will be remembered by your spouse, your parents, your children, your grandchildren, the brothers and sisters around you? How would you be remembered? And what changes do you need to make? And my guess is if we all just made a few little changes, young and old, man, we would transform, right? Our families, our church, our communities, our places of work. That's what we would do. So that's your homework assignment. There will be a quiz. I will not ask you about it. But every day, you'll be quizzed on your legacy, okay? All right. I'm going to invite Pastor, if you would come up and close us out in prayer. I hope you all got a little something out of this. Pastor? Check, we on. Why don't you stand, please? Thank you so much for coming. Brian, thank you. Thank you for sharing your